The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests. Hello, <laughs> and welcome to episode 53 of Two Millennials, One Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Gable. And I'm Abby Richmond. And can you all believe it? We are back in the studio after a six-month hiatus, almost to the day. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't realize it'd been that long. Yeah, we shut this down, I guess, temporarily in January, as you probably recall if you're an avid listener. And here we are in July. Back at it. So I guess let's talk about why we're back. Got a message from Abby the other day (laughs) that says, hey, I'm back and I have some podcast ideas and I was honestly feeling a little void in my podcast life and said, awesome. The number of times I talked about it this summer, because I don't know, but it unusually came up often. Like everyone was just like, I want to start a podcast or, you know, you have some cool things to say. You ever thought about starting a podcast? And you were like, funny, you should say that. I actually have a podcast. Yeah. Right on. In the meantime, if you have followed this feed as it all operates from a single feed, I did start a new podcast called Kirksville Weekly, and I was interviewing people running for city council and talking about city issues, and that was a pain in the butt. Yeah. That required so much work where I was like doing two day jobs, one actual job that made money, one job that required me to contact a bunch of people, show up to places I normally wouldn't go. And I was spending a lot of time doing that and it got to be too much. So I put that on hold as well. I started working on a secondary podcast, I guess a tertiary podcast and got about four episodes in, never released it. But then this opportunity came back and I like this one much better. Weren't you reviewing food in Kirksville for a minute? I was, I was doing that too. Yeah. I started Kirksville food reviews, which is just a spontaneous, like anytime I eat out, I'll record a video, but that's a lot of work too. I kind of liked that. Those were fun. Undoubtedly, I never like officially started or stopped that. So there could be more. (laughs) Everything is always ongoing. It is. Yeah. Why shut anything down when it could come back? And this is a perfect example of that. We were in the room in July on episode 53. He has his air conditioning on team just to let everybody know. Yeah. That's an exciting move that I've made in my life where I actually start (laughs) running that, especially when it's 105 degrees outside. (laughs) Abby, tell the listeners what you've been up to in the six month hiatus. All right, so as soon as I got done with college, like immediately after, I left for a summer camp. I got to work with kids from like, I don't know, 7 to 18. Uh, I ran the ropes course, and that was an absolute blast. I stayed in a cabin with 16 little 8-year-olds and was a mom for two months. It was really nice. That sounds somewhat fulfilling. You probably learned something about yourself or gained skills. I actually learned so much. They kept telling everybody that like camp is for campers and things like that, which like totally it definitely is. But the number of like skills I had to learn when talking to parents on move-in day and solving their problems that are over my head, but I still needed to know how to solve them because, you know, angry parents or I don't know, embarrassing situations for little kids that I have to figure out. Um, without letting the rest of the cabin know or survival skills. Like I almost legitimately almost stepped on a copperhead while I was out there. That was terrifying. But I learned lots and lots and lots of different kinds of skills that I don't think I would have been able to get any other job opportunity. Right on. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And you have plans to return to school in the fall? I think so. (laughs) If I don't, you know, go on some adventure, I really want to travel. So maybe I'll just skirt go travel somewhere on my 17 cent bank account there you go 
No, yeah, I'm gonna go back to Truman in the fall. I still think I'm gonna be on the same path, maybe being a teacher, maybe doing something like that. Um, but I'm studying humanities, so sociology, psychology, stuff like that. That sounds great. I'm glad you're thriving. I'm sure the listeners are happy to hear that too. So how this is going to work from here on out, we'll just tell you listeners this. This is no longer going to be a live or die every single Monday at noon type of podcast. We are very busy people who Preach. like to podcast. and uh, We like to talk. We do like to talk. And I feel like in the last six months, there have been a lot of issues where I've stopped and thought, like, oh man, that'd make a great episode. Or someone's talking specifically about millennials and like, man, why didn't we talk about that in our podcast? Mm -hmm. What I foresee going forward in the future is whenever these things come up, Abby and I can get together, we'll record an episode and we'll drop it soon thereafter. And it's just one of those things that you'll have to keep in your feed and just be grateful or not, or just thankful or happy or whatever, that there's a new two millennials, one podcast episode waiting for you. Sorry for those of you that love consistency, but this isn't unheard of. A lot of podcasts just drop whenever they feel like it. They're not always weekly shows. They'll be like little nuggets of, of happy surprise. Absolutely. There's nothing that makes me feel better than a podcast that I really like. Oh my gosh. That it's just like, pops up in your feed. It's like finding a dollar in your pocket. It is. And you know, later you can go listen to that and it's, <laughs> it's something to look forward to. Now, I don't know if our show provides that level of excitement for anybody, <laughs> but if so, that's the model we're going to. Did you want to say what you've been doing in the last six months? Well, I suppose I could. Like I said, I tried to fill the gap with some podcasts and I continued to work and I continue to work to this day. So my life is pretty much working and mowing the lawn. And you traveled a little bit. I did. I climbed Mount Baker and I saw a real live glacier, which was really cool. If you ever get a chance to go witness a glacier, I would recommend it. And I'm going to Boston in a few weeks to so go to... I think I'll go to Boston. Exactly. I will be singing that the whole time and we're going to go see like Salem, Massachusetts and where the witch trials were and all kinds of fun stuff. Ooh. Yeah. So, we left this podcast with the plea of, like, open dialogue and being kind to your neighbor and loving everyone, L-E-E-L-E. -E. -E. And this is an interesting thought. Do you think we've achieved anything as a society in the last six months towards no. those goals? No. Do you feel that it's gotten a bit worse? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much you kept up on things at camp, but... Honestly, not a lot at all. I didn't have very good Wi-Fi and data, and so none of the news got to me. And so anytime I had a day off, I would just look through stuff, and it's just it's terrible. It's terrible. It's kind of scary. Uh, I'll come back to this point in a second, but since you were somewhat radio silent with no Wi-Fi, do you think that was good for you? Yeah. Like getting out of the, yeah. the rigmarole of society? I actually deleted Instagram while I was there too, so it's not even like when I could, I would scroll. I I just interacted with people so much more um, instead of being on social media. And it was, it was a really eye-opening experience. Made me a better conversationalist, for sure. I'm still pretty bad at it, but it was a nice, refreshing hiatus. We even advocated for that from time to time on our show about cutting back on the tech and kind of mm -hmm. focusing on people and not so much the screen. And you, you lived that. Mm -hmm. I didn't think that... Like, I thought it would maybe just be a way for me to get off my phone so much. But then when I did delete Instagram, I just realized so much of, like, how I was comparing myself to just random things on Instagram. Not even, like, how people look, but just that, like, oh, I wish I went to that event. Or I wish that, you know, I dressed like that. Or I should buy this. Or things like that. And so it was interesting to see how much it did affect my life in ways that I wasn't paying attention to. That's insightful. And probably everyone can take a page out of that book. 
I'll advocate for it again, just cutting back on the Instagram consumption, even Snapchat and Facebook and all of these things. There's a benefit to reducing your usage. You really like start to connect with the world a little bit better. Yeah. And that seems to be some of our problem that we're lacking in society is just no one's really grounded in what's going on. We just kind of throw insults at each other mm-hmm. through Twitter and it makes the news and endless feedback loops. It's the not pleasant. Thing, so I kept running into things that I would really want to take a picture of. And then I'd have this picture on my phone, but I was like, I don't really want to post it. Like, A, I don't have Instagram right now. And, and I don't know, it's just weird to post things to Facebook. Facebook as a younger millennial, I guess. The only reason I'd post now is for my parents and my grandparents to look at and keep up with me and things like that. So I wish that we could bring photo albums back, like physical photo albums. I wish that was still a thing. I mean, you can. For all of our focus on digital photography, the fact that Walmart and Walgreens still will print your pictures and stuff. It's just expensive. Oh, I agree. I'm not saying it's easy by any means, but it could still be done. And I do like that idea. I think about all the pictures we've ever taken on a trip and they just sit in my phone. Like I yeah. don't even get them printed. It would be cool to like make a coffee table book or just a, like a photo album that you could sit out and people could look at. That is definitely a, an underrated thing. For sure. But I don't know. I mean, I have a photo printer at home, so I wouldn't even have to go to Walgreens. There you go. It's just a lot of work. It can be. <laughs> but I mean, the alternative is those pictures, especially if you don't have Instagram, those pictures just chill in your phone forever. Well, I think about it all the time. You know, have you ever like plugged your phone in to upload one picture or something for someone or like plugged it into a laptop to charge it and like 9,000 pictures come up? Yes. Because like, where are those at? I thought I deleted half my gallery. But anyways, so they're like just sitting in your phone forever. And what if you break your phone? Oh, that's a huge concern. Definitely. Especially like lower millennials and Gen Z that didn't understand like how fickle technology was. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I fall into this as well. I've gotten away from it. Like when was the last time you backed anything up? Oh, I, I have all my photos backed up as soon as I take them to Google. Oh, you put them Google on like a cloud. cloud. Yeah, yeah. See, that's smart. And a lot of people don't do that and they shatter their phone. And not only do they uh, have no phone numbers, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I lost all my pictures. I lost all my documents. We're still running into that. But yeah, that's smart that you can uh, back up all that stuff. Granted, you're cool with a third party company storing all your data but yeah i don't really care oh my gosh that's been one thing that people talk a lot about lately is just that like i don't want everybody having my pictures or like i don't want everybody having your data your yeah i don't really care some of your existence yeah i understand what you're saying and a lot of people made this argument of if i am not breaking any laws or if i'm not a criminal what does it matter that people have my data but it's just creepy. It's creepy. I get it. And I mean, there's a certain level of control that can be exerted. If someone has all of the information on you, even if they are benevolent and not trying to cause any damage, there's still something they can have over you. Like they possess mm-hmm. your information and that makes me feel uncomfortable. Kind of tangentially related to that. I really want my DNA ran 23 yeah. and me and that type of thing because I want to know like specifically where did my lineage come from? I know generally where my family came from, but like farther back for a variety of reasons, I would like to know that. But at the same time, I don't want a company to be like, oh, here's Ethan Gable and here's all his DNA and whatnot. And then, like you said, some people are like, well, that's stupid. Why would you care? And I was trying to explain this earlier. They've caught serial killers because of that thing, that 23andMe. This guy, the Golden State Killer, killed a bunch of people in like the 70s and 80s. And he just got caught because one of his relatives got a DNA test. They compared the DNA to the DNA of the murderer, and they caught this guy. 
I'm not saying I'm a no murderer, way. but the fact that you can do that kind of freaks me no out. No way. Yes way. Check out the Golden State Killer. He got busted. He's like an old man. Yeah. He almost got away with a serial killing spree. And now he's in jail. That's insane. Right. And then people are going to point like, well, you're, you're a murderer. Like, why would you care about that? Just the fact that that can happen. I mean, that's great. He got caught. But clearly, right. they're not just using this stuff to tell so you where you came from. They're, they're categorizing it and comparing it to databases. And they're busting criminals and stuff. And I don't really want my data, my I think, genetic information in that. I think I can get on board with that. Like the targeted ad things, I don't care. I'm all for that side. The 23andMe thing, I'm like, okay, maybe not my genetics, maybe not my DNA. Don't know about that. But the picture thing is where I'm stuck in this like weird, I don't know. Because have you, did you see the old person app or whatever? The face app? Yeah. Can you explain that a little bit to me? So I didn't ever download the app, so I don't know a whole lot about it. But basically you download this app, I'm assuming, and you upload a picture that you take of yourself. And it turns you into an old man or an old woman. And so apparently in their terms and conditions, after you like download the app, it says that they can use all of your pictures doctored or undoctored. So this company in Russia just has all of these people's photos. That's sketchy. But they accepted the terms. That is a huge thing is who sits down and reads those terms. And a lot of apps are like that the permissions that you have to accept on an app where it's like, oh, we're going to use your microphone and your camera, you know, without reading that as you should read it, you know that they're probably recording things and they have every right to because you agree to it. That is absolutely disturbing. And I don't want Russian companies to have my images or the rights to my images, but that's the world in which we live in. If you don't read those and be critical of what you're agreeing to. I don't know how much you are, like how often you download things, but I don't want to know how many terms I've accepted that just say creepy things and I didn't even ever know about it. I mean, this goes with podcasting too, to an extent. There are some podcasting servers that host your show that when you agree to use them, they own your show and they own the rights to your show and the reproduction of your show. That's not cool. This is our intellectual property. Like if anyone's going to make money off of this or perform Mm -hmm. this show or distribute it, it's us. So I had to do some research in that realm and figure out whether... We switched providers in the gap between our shows here and whether they were going to own our show. And they don't, luckily. But yeah, you got to read those things. Technology's did, sketchy. Did I ever tell you about... I used to be so scared of recording the podcast because I thought that someone who hated me would eventually like piece together parts of different episodes so that it sounded like I was saying something that I wasn't. You never expressed that fear, but honestly, that's legitimate. You yeah. know, You know about the deep fake stuff going around, right? No. Okay, so deep fakes are videos that people with computers and technology have used to take current videos and manipulate them to portray other things and they look incredibly real. They did one recently of Nancy Pelosi and they like slowed it down in certain spots and manipulated it to make her seem like she was drunk or like just completely out of it. When in reality, the real video is just talking, you know? So they have this ability and the problem is the normal consumer has no idea. Right. They can't tell the difference. So they're going to make videos of Donald Trump up there saying, I don't know, I love puppies or something. And people are like, see, he's a nice guy. When in reality, it's completely concocted. We're living in such a scenario or such a time period where if you don't possess 
critical thinking skills and the ability to like judge the validity of things, you will just believe anything. We are very gullible because of technology. And even if somebody else had already determined that it was a fake and shared it being like, oh, look at how dumb this is. It's like it's been edited or whatever. Somebody else can share it not knowing that or not reading it. And then it's just in the share hole of like everyone's saying, oh, hey, look, this is real. For sure. Oh, I don't know. We're going to get to a point and I, I say this all the time where we're like post-truth, where who knows what's true and what's mm-hmm. not true outside of me going and showing you that like, yes, I mowed the yard and you can confirm I mowed the yard. Anything else that you're not visually observing, can you trust it? Can you believe it? Is there going to be a point where we can't do that That's terrifying. Anymore? Technology is getting used for so many useless things. Definitely. It is a very useful thing. I'm glad we have it, but it can be abused incredibly quickly. Back to what you were saying about targeted ads, which is a huge deal right now in our generation. Do you not find that rather concerning? No. That we'll talk about uh, Oscar Mayer baloney, and you will get on Insta, or if you still had Insta, and one of those ads will be Oscar Mayer baloney. Mm-hmm. That doesn't bother you? Mm-mm. That the phone is probably listening to you and then sending that information to advertisers and then hitting you with an ad? I don't care because my phone knows like, hey, she's been thinking about baloney. Let's get her some ads for baloney. I don't like that. I'll go on record and say <laughs> that's so creepy. Also, I don't think people, I'm not saying you're in this boat, but I don't think people understand the power of advertising, like truly understand yeah. the power of advertising. The fact that like Taco Bell can pump my TV full of Taco Bell ads and I'm more likely to go to Taco Bell. Even though I know better, I know full well that they're trying to get me to go to Taco Bell, but I don't know. I think advertisers have a responsibility as well as internet providers and a lot of things to not brainwash consumers. They like find your weakness and they start targeting it and then they they cash out on you. Doesn't that seem immoral? Yeah. I was talking to my dad about getting a birthday present for one of my friends at a different college. And I said that I wanted to get her a sweatshirt with her sorority letters on it and so I was like talking to my dad about this sweatshirt that I wanted to get her and then two days later like I got Kappa Delta ads and I was like that's not college where I go to I've never searched that before it's definitely a targeted ad it's a little creepy but like hey now I don't have to go search for it it's right here I get it you you found the silver lining of targeted advertising (laughs) of like yeah I was gonna do this anyway and here it is but I don't know I would rather not be targeted Not to mention, like, what is that doing to our psychology? Yeah, that's a good point. How many subconscious? Subconscious, yeah. Things are are being done to you. Yeah, we're heavily influenced. I mean, there's people on Instagram that are paid to influence, you know? Oh my gosh, I posted a picture uh, a couple weeks ago, and like nine different companies DM'd me, and they were like, hey, do you want a sponsorship? Hey, do you want a sponsorship? I was like, this is weird. Um, and they were just wanting me to buy their stuff, but sure. Props for posting something so good that you got a sponsorship offer. I was really weirded out. It was it was just a picture. It was just a picture of me. Right. I pride. You know that there are people paid or computer algorithms that just scan pictures for things that they can try to advertise with or advertise on. That's weird. It is. But yeah, I got like a watch brand, a swimsuit brand, and two other clothing brands, and then a bracelet brand. Interesting. I was like, this is so weird. You could become an influencer, Abby. I don't think I could do that. I feel like that'd be a lot of stress. I would like the ones where they're like paying for you to travel and do stuff like that. Oh, I could do that. But stuff that like you have to wear stuff and get good pictures of it and, you know, have a good caption. And I know that sounds really dumb, but that's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. You're 
utilizing your creative skills to whore out for a company. I could do it though. I could see me making money for that. Could if be a that's good backup I, plan. Yeah, if I want to trash everything I've worked on. That's true. If you start living in a bus and whatnot, that oh may be. Oh my gosh, I would love to do that. As long as you have Wi-Fi and can post to Insta, you should start a uh, what's the big thing now? Like a Patreon for your bus life. A Patreon. Do you not know about Patreon? Nope. So when YouTube cracked down about ad revenue for creators mm-hmm. because they'd say things like gay and it'd get banned. People had to make money some other way, YouTube creators, so they go to Patreon, which is pretty much like a patron back in the the olden days where some rich noble would pay some painter to just commission works and be their patron. So there's Patreon now where you just get online and you basically donate or you pay the creator, you give them like 10 bucks a month to produce content. I hate that. What, <laughs> what do you hate about that? I'd rather it be ad revenue. You think so? Yeah. I'm kind of the other way. I like the idea that like, if there's someone online that you really appreciate, then you can just donate to them directly. Guess, okay, yeah, I guess it depends on what I'm watching. If it's somebody that I like, I thoroughly enjoy watching more than just like a couple videos or whatever, or that it's not something that I searched up to figure out how to do and then watched it, that it's somebody that I actually look forward to like looking through their content then I might pay for it, but if not... I agree with you completely. I think there's a, a lane for both of these things. Yeah. And it's it's sad that it has come to this. YouTube, for all its awesome things, has kind of become a monster that has forced this to happen. They're trying to protect the community, but they're going so hard that if you say like something ill against the government, you might get banned. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about supporting gay people in the Pride Fest, you may get demonetized because they think you're maybe talking trash on gay people or uh, the LGBT community, which is not the case. So it just gets flagged. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like working too well that all of these people with honest intentions are getting uh, demonetized or kicked off the platform, which isn't good if that's your income, you know, that's your livelihood. Right. So that's why Patreon emerged. And you're right. If everything becomes a pay-per-use model, kind of like TV is now, that's going to price a lot of people out. I watched this gymnast on YouTube, um, and about like four or five months ago, half of his videos just got demonetized, and it took him down a solid, solid chunk of his income. And so he didn't know what to do for a really long time, so he took a hiatus off YouTube. Yeah, and that's exactly what's happening. You either switch to one of these pay-per-use models, or you quit making content, or you cut back on making content, you go work another job, and we're, we're losing some interesting voices. That girl we had on the podcast, Carrie Wedler, the anarchist, she's been booted from everything. They took her off of Twitter. She cannot pretty much have a legitimate online presence at this point, And that's her job, you know, wow. just for saying contrary things about the American government. Like, what kind of world are we exactly living in right now where that's happening? Have you been on YouTube recently? Yeah. The free version of YouTube is a cancer. Oh, yes. If you yes. don't pay premium... Every video has at least two ads in front of at it. At least, yeah. And then now they put them after the video. Like, and you can't watch middle. a playlist. Yeah, and the, if the video is more than 10 minutes, there are one or two more advertisements within the video, like you said. That's rough. That's worse than watching cable television. I guess, I guess yeah, it is, because they're so short. I was like, not really, because there's, like, a commercial every 15 minutes. But, right, but if it's scaled down, but yeah. <laughs> you're wasting just as much time. And to make matters worse, these aren't just your general, like... Toyota ads, these are targeted for you ads, you know? Oh, mine are usually not. Mine, I guess it's probably because I haven't been on YouTube a lot lately, but recently mine have been like Candy Crush and Best Fiends and Audible. 
Interesting. So you are getting the general ones that yeah. sponsor everything. Maybe you're immune. Are you using know. a VPN or something that's no. masking uh, your... Maybe. That's probably it. <laughs> and here's a, a vote for all of you listening that are worried about this. Download a VPN. Pay for yeah. a VPN. Protect your data. Protect your internet service. And no no VPN company is sponsoring this. We are ad-free here at 2 Millennial <laughs> Podcast. Yeah. At the beginning of this, I was interested in getting advertisers right. on the show because we were putting enough work into this and buying equipment i thought that we should be compensated or at least offset the fee to host the show and i'm ultimately glad we never pursued that further really yeah i stand by that i like that people can listen to our show and just listen to our show just absorb yeah. the content and don't have to hear about blue apron 35 times in an episode <laughs> or hello fresh yeah which every other podcast has have you ever done that uh, i did blue apron one time one time yeah someone sent me you know like sign up a friend and you get free meals for a month type of thing yeah someone signed me up someone forced me to sign up so they could <laughs> get this and it was cool i liked it the food was good it was nice that it was pre-packaged it wasted so much stuff though everything was no individually way. oh yeah not food wise but the containers uh, uh like the vinegar was in this tiny little plastic bottle that was like a seven I can't recycle that what are we going to do with this so that i wasn't a fan of but overall, the food was good, and I could see it working for people that uh, already, A, spend a lot of money on food, and B, need to eat at home sometimes. I think there's a place for it. My uncles use it a lot. They do. I think they do HelloFresh, but they live in Kansas City, and they're just always on the go or eating out, and so they really like to eat at home sometimes, and that's what they do. It's a practical service for sure. So what else on this episode back, Abby? I hate to talk about Trump that much, but I'm sure you saw that he told four American representatives who are minorities to go back to where they came from. Oh, yeah. And they're from the same place he is. One of them is. Yeah. Yeah. In I did, New York. did hear about that. The only one that wasn't born in America came over as a refugee at age 10 and has mm. been here longer than his wife has. Hmm. That's troubling. What makes me more mad about this and this not related to anything, but the fact that people think that's good. And I see that sentiment on Facebook all of the time of if you don't like it here, you can leave. Usually talking about people that aren't white. At this point, I honestly don't understand. All I hear is about how terrible of a person he is and how awful of a president he is. And so it still surprises me when people have good things to say about him. Um, and I don't know if that's just because who I surround myself with or how I was raised, but I truly don't understand how he's still in office. Yeah, what you're describing there is the echo chamber. I know we talk about this all the yeah. time, but anyone that thinks that Trump is guaranteed to not be elected again or thinks that he has done something so bad that he's no. going to get impeached, you need to come to the realization yeah. that there are at least 40% of people that think he is God's gift to this earth. Well, and right now, the Democrats have our votes split between so many people. Like, we're just making it easier for Trump to get reelected at this point. Yeah, the only thing that gives me solace in that, and some people are freaked out about the fact that there are 20 plus yeah. people running for president is that the Republicans in 2016 or 2015, they had a ton of people too. Really? So it can be done. You can still win an election. The problem was what emerged from that was Donald Trump. Oh my uh, gosh. He's been our president since 2016. Yeah. Isn't that insane? It's been three years. Holy cow. Well, that, over two, not quite three, but. That's crazy. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's been that long, right? Honestly, I feel like it's mid maybe a year. Yeah, it's because just every single day <laughs> there's some new crazy thing, you know? 
we lose sight of the last crazy thing he did, like when he called African countries asshole mm-hmm. countries and when he separated families at the border or he, I don't know, said that there are good people on both sides oh, at yeah. the white supremacist rally. Oh, who's that guy that he's colluding with now that everybody Ooh. made fun of Hillary Clinton for? Yeah, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. That is some sketchy stuff. I don't know if Trump's involved in that or not, but the fact that there are very rich individuals that pretty much just sex traffic in Mm -hmm. our country and have gotten away with it, if you want a creepy conspiracy or something to keep you up at night, that is it. That is 100% it, that 13 and 14-year-old girls are just like in sex slavery right now, and this guy got like a slap on the wrist the first time, you know, and he went on to do it some more, and then now finally, 15 years later, he's in trouble for it. That's terrifying. Like, what other crazy things are happening in our society? It makes me happy that I live where I live. In, like, a wholesome Midwest town, more or less. that I'm not exposed to any of that. But at the same time, it makes me extra sad because then I, like, I don't know about it. And so then what else don't I know about? Abby, you got a song pick of the week? I do. Okay, I came in here singing it before we started recording, but it's called Catherine with a K by Super Whatever, and whatever is spelled without the E at the end. And I can vouch for that. That is a, a bop, as we used to say on the show. <laughs> I'm going to dig back and pick a song from an artist that we've already touted on this podcast, but uh, my boy Hobo Johnson oh, God bless. has released a new song called Typical Story, and it is so cool. It. Oh, it's good. Hobo was my jam with my pals at camp. Hobo's fantastic. I'm very, very happy you introduced that to the pod. And for those of you that do listen, if you're like, oh, I forgot to check that out back in November, you need to check out Hobo Johnson, folks. The playlist is still up. (laughs) Absolutely. If you can get through the ads on the YouTube or you can get through the ads on Spotify, check out the the playlist. We will (laughs) add these songs to it, I'm sure. And you can listen to our bops. All right. Wow. I can't believe we're doing this again. Yeah, stay milky. We'll see y'all next time. Bye. Take care.